Hello, I'm Carol. This is Sound News broadcasting from the Old Man Studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for week ending Saturday the 3rd of February. On behalf of everyone here on the Craig Avon Talking newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are, from the Portadown Times, Bilingual Sign Case in Court, and from the Lurgan Mail, Murder Case, Two in Court. Now over to John, who brings you our first story. A bid to have bilingual straight signage erected in Portadown was allegedly rejected in secret, the High Court heard on Monday. Counsel for a resident in the town's nationalist Garvaki Road area insisted full disclosure of Ama Bambridge and Craig Avon Borough Council's decision-making decision-making process was necessary. Iris Hagen is taking legal action against the local authority after it refused an application for dual Irish and English signs on her street at Woodside Hill. The petition was turned down by the council in October last year. Ms Hagen has commenced judicial review proceedings against the decision, claiming a lack of transparency and failure to provide adequate reasons. Her lawyers claim the minutes from meetings of the county's planning committee, where the application was discussed, had not been properly, uh, properly dis- disclosed. At a preliminary hearing on Monday, Barrister Jude Bunting, KC, pressed for any relevant documents. This is a council that has form in respect of this policy, he submitted. There was delay in taking the decision and secrecy in the way the decision was taken. Uh, According to the Irish language body, the application was turned down despite overwhelming support for bilingual street signs in the area. Petitions must obtain an initial support of 33% of residents. And then he and then he backed by at least two-thirds of households on the electoral register. Campaigners claim the repaired level of support was obtained. Ms. Hagen's legal representative contended that the overwhelming majority of residents on her street backed the proposal. It is alleged the decision reached by the council was irrational and based on opposition among unionist parties uh, to Irish language street signs. Further grounds of challenge involve claims of discrimination based on political uh, opinions. Legal papers in the case case, uh, cite the religious and political makeup of residents on the street, describing it as part of a small Catholic nationalist community in Portadown. It is further contended that the public were excluded from every stage of the decision-making in breach of a statutory duty. A barrister for ABC Council told the court the application for dual language signs 
was the first to reach the second and uh, second stage of the process under a policy adopted in 2019. He confirmed that the identities and political uh, affiliations of members of the relevant planning committee were a matter of public record. According to the case until adjourning the case until March, Mr. Justice McAlinton told the parties he would review issues about the level of disclosures at that stage. Lurgan native Kevin Conway sent a voice memo to his partner to say he was playing on his PlayStation minutes before he was gunned down, a Belfast court heard, as two men appeared charged with his murder. Conway, 26, was shot multiple times on January the 9th this year at a Belfast house where he was living while a bail charge with the murder on bail charge with the murder of Shane Whitla in Lurgan in January last year. In the dock at Belfast Magistrates Court were Fergal Keane, aged 53, and Aidan O'Keefe, aged 27, both charged with murdering Mr Conway, plus possession of a firearm and ammunition, namely a shotgun and a handgun with intent to danger life. The district judge imposed an interim ban on the media revealing their addresses after concerns were raised by the prosecution. While the prosecutor and PSNI said there was no specific information regarding any possible threats to the defendants, their defence solicitor also raised concerns. The defendants, flanked by five prison officers, were asked if they understood the charges, and their solicitor, Philip Breen, responded that they did understand. The district judge asked the solicitor if the defendants were not proposing to answer. Mr Breen said, I'm answering for them. Mr Breen challenged the strength of the prosecution's evidence to connect the accused to the charges. He said his client's families were in court and had brought a suit of clothes for his clients to wear and left them into the police station, but the police at Musgrave Street refused to allow them to wear those clothes to court. A detective chief inspector told the court Mr Conway was at his home in Belfast's Greenan area and was shot multiple times. Two weapons were used, a shotgun and a handgun. The shotgun appeared to be somewhat ineffective, he said, and it did cause a head injury, but that would not have been fatal. But the handgun was, sadly, very effective and caused the death of Mr Conway. He spoke of two vehicles, a Toyota van, a company vehicle in O'Keefe's possession from January the 3rd until the morning after the shooting, January the 10th, and a BMW linked to Kane. Police believe O'Keefe had the van parked part of a fleet equipped with GPS tracking devices with him at his place of work during the day of the murder until he arrived at his home address at 5pm. He said O'Keefe drove to the Royal Victoria Hospital and checked into A&E. Three hours later he paid for the parking and the van left but O'Keefe had not made staff aware he was leaving at around 8.30pm. <clears throat> at 18.52, he said, there was a call between the two defendants and there was a substantial number of messages and calls between the pair two days prior to the shooting. The officer provided a detailed out- outline of the GPS tracking of the van. Meanwhile, the court heard 
Kane's vehicle was sighted by a police automatic number plate recognition exiting the M1 at Broadway at 2042. Both vehicles met and made their way to an area close to the murder scene. The DCI said that after the vehicle stopped at 9.09pm, two men were seen emerging from a cut-through at Tullock Park to Rosnarine Park at 9.14pm. One was dressed in dark clothing, his face covered in a dark material. The other was dressed in a dark coat, light jogging type trousers and light trainers, also with a dark face covering. One of the men was described as carrying a handgun. It was said that in a voice memo to his partner at 2118, Mr Conway recorded a small snapshot of what he was doing and said he was playing with PlayStation. The DCI added at 2120 on the same camera that caught the two men on foot in Rosnarine Avenue, they are seen to retrace their steps. We suggest the shooting has taken place at that point. The tracking data for Mr O'Keefe's van shows that it switches on at 21.22 and leaves Rosnarine Avenue followed by Mr Kane's car. It was said the van was subsequently located by police, plainclothes officers covertly observing it ahead of seizing it and three men dressed in dark clothing approached it. An officer shouted a warning to the colleagues and the three men made off on foot, said the DCI. It's my belief these men were there to destroy the van or take it away and put it out of police hands. It was said swabs taken for cartridge discharge residue showed one indicative particle from the BMW's boot and one from its front passenger footwell and the driver's seat. Mr Breen said there was a considerable amount of material they were hearing for the first time, even though I have been in custody suite with my clients for the last 48 hours. Entirely satisfied, he said, that there was enough information to collect the accused to the charges. The district judge adjourned the case until February the 20th. Neither defendant sought bail and each was remanded in custody. Now we come to the Rota chemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting with Portadown. On Sunday, the 4th of February, the chemist is Partridge Chemists of West Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. Next week, from Monday the 5th of February, the chemist is Anderson's of Guildford Road, open until 7pm. There is no Rota chemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 4th of February. The chemist is McKegney of North Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. Next week, from Monday the 5th of February, the chemist is Winrose of William Street, open until 7pm. There is no rota chemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. Please, thank you. Festive crackdown sees 34 drink and, dra- uh, drink and drug driving arrests. Preliminary figures released by the PSNI have revealed that 34 people were arrested in the ABC area on suspicion of drink or drug driving between December the 1st, 2023 to January the 1st, 2024. Province-wide, a total of 298 people were arrested for drink-drunk driving, 
related offences during the Christmas campaign, representing a decrease of 3.9% compared with the same period last year. The highest number of arrests were made in Belfast, 65 uh, arrested, while Fermanagh and Oma experienced the largest decrease in arrests when compared with the same period last year. Males accounted for the majority, that's 82.6%, of those arrested for drink-drug-driving offences throughout the 23-24 campaign, while over half of those arrested were between 30 and 49 years old. The youngest person arrested for drink-drug-driving offences during the 2023-24 campaign was 14 years old, while the oldest was 82 years old. The highest evidential breath test reading recorded over the campaign was 159 over 100 mil. Commenting on the figures, Chief Superintendent uh, Sam Donaldson from the PSNI's Operational Support Department said, Despite urging drivers not to take any risks by drinking or taking drugs and driving, almost 300 people ignored or warning, are warning and were arrested. 298 motorists now find themselves facing the prospect of starting 2024 with a court appearance, appearance and losing their driving licence which may have a huge impact on their life, that of their family and probably their career. These figures show that if you drink and drive, you will be caught, you will be prosecuted and you will be punished. It is extremely frustrating frustrating and concerning that a minority of people continue to disregard the safety of themselves and others by taking the incredibly, incredibly dangerous risk of driving after drinking or taking drugs. Driving with drink or drugs drastically increases the chances of causing collision. It only takes one drink, and if you're driving, don't drink any alcohol at all. Remember the fatal five and the steps you can take to avoid them. Don't drink and drive, slow down, don't get careless, wear your seatbelt and stay off your phone. Craig Avon Senior High School recently held an open night and we have a great variety of photographs taken on the occasion. One showing Denise Lehman, head girl, Principal Miss Ruth Harkness, James Haffey, head boy and Vice Principal Mrs Lindsay Brown. In the science department, teacher Mr. Alec Mandel is seen talking to students Annie McKimmon and Sophie McMurray. And head of art and design, Mrs. Lauren Lauren Weathers, was showing Scarlett Watt and her mum Emma some of the students' recent efforts. IT and business teacher, Mrs. Rachel McClure, is also pictured in her department with Sarah and Pamela McCartney and Macy Weatherfield. And in the Home Economics Department, we have Mrs. Lindsay Beatty with prospective pupils Jessica Irwin and Katrina Swarte. 
tour guides were available for the evening and there's a lovely photograph showing Jolene Beatty and Kerry Nicholson. In the drama section, we have got photographs of Claire McCullough and Beth Hand, Molly Bell, Sarah and Andrew Seal. And in Agriculture and Land Use Department, in front of a beautiful stuffed otter, we have got Dr. Asna Jamal, Chloe Newport and Dad Richard. English and History teacher Linda Parkinson Kelly was with the Turl family. And Freddie Thompson is pictured in the drama department with Mum Tracy and teacher Beth Hand. All looking extremely happy. And a few more photographs to follow of the event. Um, visitors in the uh, staff and current pupils pictured in the SEN nurture room during open night looking very happy. And we have a Miss Sarah McCullough, Lynn McNeil, Lexi McNeil, Maisie Gervin and Mayor McNeil, obviously in the geography department showing flags from around the world. And Mrs Sharon Beggs welcoming visitors on the open night. So all seems to be, have gone a very happy occasion. Council News. Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart has called on the government to instigate an investigation of soaring car insurance prices, particularly for young drivers, given recent hikes in premiums. The DUP representative said turning 17 is a huge landmark in the lives of so many young people because it allows them to get behind the wheel with a view to getting those R plates embracing the freedom that offers. In a place like Northern Ireland, with so many people living in rural locations with limited public transport options, that ability to drive and make your own way from A to B is vital. However, the trend in car insurance prices for young people is proving hugely problematic, with an extra £1,000 being added to insurance premiums for those aged 17 to 20 in the last year alone. Many young drivers are now facing a cost of £3,000 or more to obtain insurance, that's a huge sum of money, and for many young people and young, many families, it's simply unaffordable. We need the government to investigate why this rapid and steep increase in insurance costs has happened and to ensure that the market is not profiteering at the expense of young drivers. Indeed, there are questions to be asked as to why insurance for all drivers has seen average prices rise by around a third in one year. We simply cannot stand by, idly by whilst young drivers are driven off the road, or even worse, then they gamble and with driving without insurance. That poses huge risks to all road users. We need our young people to continue to be able to drive, to allow them to move freely, whether that be for education, employment or simply enjoyment. Obtainable car insurance is key to this. The local MP added, I have spoken with local brokers who are frustrated that big name insurers have left the scene or been bought over and have decided to no longer service Northern Ireland and in some instances the whole of the UK. Whilst this may be a business decision, our government needs to do all in its power to investigate, regulate and create an environment for young people and indeed older people to obtain affordable insurance. ABC Council's 2025 City of Culture bid may have failed, but the National Lottery Heritage Fund, the NLHF, has now selected the borough as part of a 10-year programme to promote its heritage. It's the only Northern Ireland local authority area chosen as part of the Heritage Places Initiative, 
and is one of only nine in the UK set to receive up to £250,000 in funding. Council officers note in their Tourism, Arts and Culture report there is an opportunity for Council to develop and commence the delivery of a strategic approach to heritage and culture across the borough. The initiative can align with wider Council strategies including a legacy from the UK City of Culture bid. NLHF have subsequently offered approximately five days of external consultancy support in January, which they will fund. Head of Tourism, Arts and Culture Department Brian Johnson told a January 16th Economic Development and Regeneration Committee meeting, most members will probably be aware of this initiative that was announced by the National Lottery late in 2023 called Heritage Places. There is a fund of £200 divided across nine locations across the UK. And you'll see from that list that Armagh, Banbridge and Craigavon as a whole is one of those. There is a link back to the City of Culture bid in that three of those locations were City of Culture bidders at the time for 2025. There are four key priorities as part of the programme and there's been a number of of internal conversations with officers and we've met with Lottery to try and better understand what this programme looks like. We've had workshops with senior officers along with the Lottery senior team. The local Lottery team, I think, are finding their feet with this. It's the first time this programme has ever run. What we've been invited to do at the minute is to make a submission into Lottery to bid for up to £250,000 to work up a strategic plan for heritage for ABC. Uh, When this came through, when I met with Lottery, we were talking about lots of capital projects, but what they've uh, been fundamental on is that this is about community and so community is at the heart of it. That's just an update on this because there's been a lot of debate about this. Councillor Kyle Savage was anxious to ensure that Dremore would not be left out. I think it's great news for the whole council area right across the board, he said. That leads me on to saying how important it is to get a good balance right across the council area. Dremore is one of those urban centres that was awarded way back in the day, but it was drawn at one stage. So Dremore has been the poor relative. Councillor Thomas O'Hanlon felt more clarity was needed at this stage. I know there's a heritage lottery project in Armagh at the minute. There's one ongoing in Lurgan, he said. It is anticipated that a lot of this will be around the built heritage again. In terms of our government, have we looked at how this will roll out? Uh, Mr Johnson replied, on the government piece, I think that needs looked at at the outset. I don't want to preempt what comes from the strategy but that will be picked up in the strategy work. I think this will be wider than Armagh and Lurgan, so I think we need a new government framework to oversee this. Again, another rationale for why we got the funding for this is out of the City of Culture bid was because there hasn't been enough heritage investment across this borough from various agencies. Colonel... uh, Councillor O'Hanlon asked, would Navin fit in under this umbrella or is that a different kind of heritage development that we're looking for? Mr Johnson replied, 
It's hard to say at this stage. There are different parameters we could look at. We have five conservation areas across the borough. That could be one of the elements that we look at. Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart has urged uh, vehicle owners whose vehicles sustained damage to road defects to explore compensation from the Department for Infrastructure. The DUP representative said, considering compensation from the Department for Infrastructure for vehicle damage caused by potholes or road defects is crucial for several reasons. Seeking compensation helps individuals recover repair costs, alleviating financial burdens imposed by unexpected damages caused by the poor state of the road network. Repairs to cars, vans or other vehicles can run to hundreds and even thousands of pounds. And if this is caused by a road defect, it is only right that those who are responsible for the maintenance of the roads are liable. The compensation process is there for that reason, to compensate people for damage caused. If anyone wishes to pursue this avenue, I am more than happy to advise as to the process and assist with any claim. Please do not hesitate to get in touch. The clear preference is to better maintain the road network to avoid vehicle damage. I would urge the department to repair roads faster and more comprehensively. This will enhance road safety and reduce compensation claims. It has been reported that nearly 13,000 potholes were recorded in Amas City, Banbridge and Craigavon in 2023, according to government data analysed by CompareNorthernIreland.com. In Northern Ireland as a whole, there were 110,023 potholes recorded in 2023, an increase of 9%. Sinn Féin MP Chris Hazard has said the Southern Trust must ensure women are kept updated during the ongoing review of cervical smear tests. The South Down MP said the Trust must ensure women affected by the cervical smear review are kept updated, including regarding any delays they are dealing with. To date, over 16,000 women are still waiting to be notified about the result of their smear test review. This is unacceptable and again demonstrates women's health services across the North are not fit for purpose. It is welcome that HPV, the most modern and accurate method of testing for cervical cancer, was rolled out across the North in December. We now need an executive and assembly restored with a health minister at the wheel to deliver a women's health strategy and begin to address health inequalities facing women today. In a move opposed by Sinn Féin, an ABC Council committee has approved a proposal to prevent commemorative brooches to former UDR Greenfinches resident in the borough. This during a planned church service of remembrance. The matter was debated at a January 6 Economic Development and Regeneration Committee meeting where Sinn Féin's councillor Keith Hawhian suggested 
Anyone from the nationalist community that's tuned in to listen to this tonight will be shaking their head in disbelief. It stemmed from an earlier notice of motion brought to the Council in January 2023, in which Alderman Glenn Barr proposed recognising the service of those women, commonly known as Greenfinches, who served in the Ulster Defence Regiment between 1974 and 1992. Seconded by Mr Barr's UUP colleague, Alderman Ian Burns, the notice of motion read that this council recognises the significant contribution that women have made and continue to make in the defence of our great nation. At this month's committee meeting, Nicola Mahoud, Community Development Manager, outlined what was being proposed. Officers have been liaising with representatives from the Greenfinches within the local borough to agree an appropriate action to recognise the members residing in the borough, she said. The proposal is a two-stage approach. The first part of it is the design of a commemorative brooch and the second stage is a civic reception where the commemorative brooches will be distributed. The budget detailed in the report will be covered within the existing community development 2023-2024 budget. The approximate number of greenfinches residing in the borough at this stage is 70, but this is to be confirmed. DUP Councillor Lavelle McElraith recommended amendments to the proposal. It's very much a commemorative brooch rather than a little pin, he said. The cost of those is coming in at maybe 20 to £25. Pound. My view would also be that there are more than 70 greenfinches. In fact, I would say there are in excess of 100 across our borough. If we start to add those figures together, it comes to much more than £2,000. Now, what I'm suggesting is within budget. I'm not asking for more budget. And that's what I'm seeking to propose, that there would be a change and that members would agree that £3,000 would go towards the commemorative brooches because, in my view, it will be take that to cover those served in the ABC area. Having spoken to some of the officers tonight, they're concerned that the money allocated for the brooches will not cover the membership in this area. Councillor McElraith's recommendation that brooches be presented to the local greenfinches as a servant of remembrance was seconded by party colleague Councillor Tim McClelland. Alderman Burns added, I was going to actually second the proposal when I put in the motion it was to reorganise the service and sacrifice made of greenfinches of this area and also a lasting tribute. So I think that the brooches would be more appropriate. UUP Councillor Julie Flaherty expressed belief that the brooches would be presented in a suitably large venue. When I looked at the numbers, I know that the Armagh Palace would never have serviced even 60 people, she said. So in my head I was going, you're never going to get 70. That is solved by this proposal. Sinn Féin Councillor Keith Hawhian argued that such a proposal could not be endorsed by nationalist representatives. It's not going to come as a surprise to anybody in the chamber on online that we opposed it on the night and we're opposed to it again, he said. I don't intend to go back through the arguments for and against this tonight. I don't think it'll add much to the debate. But I would say anyone from the nationalist community that's tuned in to listen to this tonight will be shaking their heads in disbelief, both that this is what we're choosing to do and that we're spending money in the current climate on this matter. On behalf of our party, we are opposed to this, and if it needs to go to a vote, we'll be voting against it. Alliances councillor Robbie Alexander took a more conciliatory approach. It's important that we recognise the full diversity of our council area. 
and ensuring women are appropriately acknowledged as part of that, he said. We do, of course, recognise that there are sensitivities in relation to our complex and contested past, and we believe that this is a relatively modest gesture and that it's both cognizant and respectful of the diverse views within our community. The recommendation to prevent broaches to the Greenfinches in the course of a service of remembrance was adopted with 12 votes in favour and 5 against. The Southern Health and Social Care Trust's Chief Executive, Dr Maria O'Kane, has warned it may be unable to meet all of its obligations to deliver quality health care against a backdrop of chronic underfunding and the prospect of having to make drastic efficiency savings. After a financial performance report presentation at a January 25th Trust Board meeting, she said, This is an impossible position. Essentially, when you put together all the figures, there has been no uplift in the budget and we already have a deficit mounting up against that. We don't know if we will get the same budget next year. We suspect that we'll be asked to make 7% efficiency savings on that. We think that the level of concern around this is considerable. We can see, for example, that in relation to medical locum spend, regionally we could make inroads into that. But that's a slow process because it involves a lot of negotiation and organisation with different departments and trusts. It could take us to the next number of months to settle that. But in terms of any other huge opportunities for savings, they are few and far between. And I think we are now getting into the position of considering absolute costs to the NHS based on the position that we're in. I think everybody has rationalised as far as they possibly can. There will always be some changes that you can make, but it will never be enough to cover all of this. The other part that is really important is that in previous years we wanted to modernise services, as it stands at the minute. In order to do the modernisation that we need, we almost need to collapse some other services in order to change our way of working And that's a hugely challenging environment to be in. It has real safety concerns. And now an obituary notice. Ulster Unionist Councillor Ian Burns paid a tribute to former Lord Mayor of Craig Avonborough Council Samuel James Jim McCammack at Monday night's full council meeting of Armagh City Bambridge and Craig Avonborough Council. A notice on the Funeral Times website stated the long-standing Ulster Unionist figure passed away peacefully on December the 31st. Councillor Burns paid the following tribute at the meeting. James McCammick was a servant of Craig Avonborough Council for a number of years, from 1973 to 2001. He served on three occasions as Deputy Mayor and also on three occasions as Lord Mayor. And he was also a long-serving member of the Ulster Unionist Party. He was a devout Christian and I believe he was the youngest mayor of Craig Adam Borough Council. We would just like to, on behalf of the party, pass on our sincere sympathy to his wife Iris and his family, David, Miriam, 
Louine and Mark. DUP councillor Peter Hare also had warm words for the late Unionist councillor. I would like to pass on my sympathies as well, he said. Believe it or not, my dad and Mr. McCammack went to the hospital every month and sang. Every month he used to go in and sing to the patients. We have an advert here for Gordon's Chemist 99p sale, featuring items such as Kleenex tissues, Wisdom toothbrush, Umbro ice deodorant, Parmolive hand massage, Garnier mineral shampoo, antibacterial hand wash, Harmony hairspray, Aqua fresh toothpaste, Pampers fresh wipes, an easy bathroom cleaner, and Heinz by Nature baby foods. Sport. Loch Gall manager Dean Smith hailed match winner Nathaniel Ferris for producing a real centre forward performance to help his side secure a 1 0 victory over Ballymena United. The victory meant that the villagers had won three of their last four sports direct premiership matches with a narrow 2 1 defeat to leaders Linfield, the only blip in that run. The villagers also leapfrogged Carrick Rangers into seventh as the race for a European playoff berth heated up. Smith's men have undoubtedly been the success story of this season so far, with Saturday's triumph at the showgrounds their ninth league triumph of the campaign. Ferris's 62 uh, end-minute header from Pablo Andrande's cross marked the 25-year-old's eighth Premiership gold of this term, and Smith, a striker during his own playing days, <coughs> was full of praise for the forward. I thought Nathaniel was super today. He led the line really well. He was strong. He brought people into play, he said on BBC Radio Ulster Sports Round. It was a real centre forward performance, and his goal just summed up his performance. His movement prior to the goal is super. He makes a run to the back post, changes and goes to the front post. It's a great ball from Pablo and he gets first to head it in before the defender and guides it into the net. With sixth placed Coleraine sitting just one point ahead of Lockall, who have a game in hand to play against Newry City after a postponement earlier this month, Smith's side have plenty to play for. They'll also be in Irish Cup sixth round action this weekend against Cliftonville but the villagers weren't looking too far ahead we'd uh, have taken any win at the start of the year but look it's one game at a time for us Smith added we try not to get carried away with one game that's all it is it's a crazy league one win you can move up two or three places and one defeat you can move down two or three places we're delighted where we are and we want to keep pushing forward. We'd love a cup run. We know it's tough. Cliftonville are a fantastic team with fantastic players, and we know it's going to be a tough game, but we'll go there and give it our best shot. A late goal by striker Jimmy McGonagall consigned Glenavon to defeat in Saturday's away game against Coleraine. Heading into Saturday's fixture, Coleraine had won just one of their last 13 matches across competitions, including one league triumph in 11, 
while they were also knocked out of both the Beth McLean Cup and Irish Cup. Saturday's victory ended the Bandsiders' run of seven games, games without a win and saw the Lurgan Blues drop to ninth place in the Premiership. McGonagall, who made 179 appearances and scored 65 times during his first stint at the showgrounds, returned from Derry City earlier this month. He struck in the 89th minute to help send Kearney's men back into the top half, having first posed a threat early in the game with a shot Glenavon keeper Gareth Dean managed to save. The Lurgan Blues netminder would be called on to deny McGonagall on a number of occasions. Both goalkeepers were taking on their former clubs, with Rory Brown joining Coleraine from Glenavon earlier this month, while Gareth Steen moved in the opposite direction. Saturday marked a first clean sheet for 23-year-old Brown, who made a vital save from substitute Lido Lotefi's 75th-minute shot, and Boss Kearney believes the young stopper has a bright future. Yes, it was a pivotal save, and I am delighted for Rory because he's a young keeper and one we feel has a big, big potential in the game, he told BBC Radio Ulster Sports Sound, adding praise to for Dean. I have to say I also thought Gareth Dean was exceptional today as well, he said. I know both goalkeepers have gone the other way, but I thought Gareth showed again exactly the top keeper that he he is also. Possibly, maybe both of them deserve a clean sheet today. Though Tefa shot aside at various stages, Glenavon's Darren Clark shot wide. Gavin Hodgins vo- uh, volleyed over the bar. James Duna saw one shot deflected and sent another off target. Jack Malone volleyed wide and the Coleraine keeper denied Peter Campbell, who was on target with a solid strike. An author chronicling the history of a Limerick football club is casting her net wide in search of memorabilia relating to a particular junior international fixture almost 24 years ago. Clara McCann is writing a club history for her local club, Fairview Rangers, and its predecessor, Bresca Rovers. She is particularly interested in an international match in Monaghan in 2004 between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. She explained... One of our locals played in a junior international match. It was played on the 21st of August 2004 in Century Homes Park, Monaghan. I'm currently drafting a piece based on that match for the club history. Clara has already gathered a selection of relevant photographs and newspaper clippings and hopes to add to the haul. Described in one newspaper as claustrophobic and a limp affair, the match ended in a goalless draw with the sides due to meet again on August the 25th in Loch Gaul. I was wondering if, there would, if it would be possible to put out an appeal for memorabilia, said Clara. 
I'm looking for a team sheet or program, photographs, newspaper articles, etc. Perhaps one of your readers might have information. Any help would be greatly appreciated. If anyone has any material in answer to Clara's appeal, she can be contacted by email on clara.mcgann9 at gmail.com. It's now time for our new roundup. A rich hill midwife has been presented with a prestigious award in recognition of her 50 years of hard work and dedication to patients. Eva DL received Cavell Star Award. The awards are presented by UK-based charity Cavell to recognise nursing and midwifery staff who provide exceptional care for either colleagues, patients or patients' families. Eva's colleagues from Two West Maternity and Craigavon Area Hospital surprised a dedicated midwife with the award before her retirement. They said, Eva has worked for the Southern Trust as a midwife since 1974 and has a passion for midwifery-led care. She has served in the NHS for over 50 years. She is an extremely valuable team member who has been a pleasure to work with and who will be immensely missed by all her work colleagues and friends in Craigavon Maternity Unit. We hope that she enjoys a long and healthy retirement. The organisers of the annual Lurgan Park Charity Fun Run for Southern Area Hospice Services hope this year's event will be the biggest ever for a very good reason. The popular event featuring 5k and 10k runs celebrates its 10th anniversary this year, having thus far raised more than £66,000. Taking place on Sunday, March the 3rd from 11am, this year's event marks an extended partnership with McKeever Sports. St Ronan's College teacher David Wilson, joint organiser along with Tony McKeown, said, We are delighted to have reached this significant milestone. When we launched the run in 2014, we never expected that 10 years later the event would have grown so much. This year's entry fee is £20 for adults and £10 for under-16s. Each participant gets a running number, bespoke medal, hat and goodie bag. Sponsor cards are also available from the hospice. Edge Innovate is delighted to bring back our popular apprenticeship open night, offering apprenticeships at all levels for all ages. Age Innovate have many positions available for incoming apprentices in 2024. A family-owned company, Edge Innovate has grown to become one of the world's biggest manufacturers and exporters of sophisticated equipment for the quarrying material handling and recycling sectors. The Tyrone Company currently exports more than 99% of its products outside of the UK, having developed a strong presence throughout overseas markets, such as North America, Australia and Middle East. Choosing between academic studies and work can be a difficult choice. EDGE Innovate's apprenticeship programme provides the opportunity to do both. The apprenticeship programme runs in conjunction with a number of educational institutions providing participants 
with the facility not only to gain a recognised qualification, but also on-the-job training and opportunities within an organisation that trades globally. The Apprenticeship Open Night will showcase the endless opportunities for 2024 applicants at one of Northern Ireland's top 100 companies. Budding apprentices and their parents' guardian will gain more information available apprenticeship courses available through the South West College, MEGA, and the roles 2024 apprentices can take advantage of an edge innovate. The event will begin with registration at 6.30pm on Tuesday the 13th of February at Edge Innovates Dungannon Headquarters. You will hear the Edge Innovate staff, current apprentices with representatives from MEGA and Southwest College available to explore your opportunities. After a, after a brief, brief talk, Attendees will have a chance to speak to all major stakeholders. The evening will finish with a factory tour where Edge Innovate staff and current apprentices will be on hand to guide you through their manufacturing processes and answer any additional questions you may have. For more information on the event, please email Edge Innovate's HR team via edgeinnovate.com. Southern Area Hospice has announced the launch of its 2024 Adventure Challenges. Individuals are invited to sign up and support the hospice, whether it's an epic overseas trek or an invigorating European cycle, there is a challenge in 2024 for everyone, said a spokesperson. Southern Area Hospice's challenges play a key role in raising vital funds for services, ensuring that the hospice can provide invaluable palliative care and support for patients and their families across the Southern Trust area. Stephen McCleary, a dedicated hospice supporter, said, I would highly recommend taking part in an adventure challenge for the Southern Area Hospice. I gained so much enjoyment from them and made friends for life. Most importantly, you're raising funds for such a worthwhile cause. I have completed numerous challenges for the hospice and I'm looking forward to this year's Morocco trek with the hospice team. Laura Rintree, SAH fundraising officer, said, Our challenges are an excellent opportunity to experience something amazing. Our challenge range from cycling the scenic route from London to Amsterdam conquering the majestic Ben Nevis, embracing the Cameo de Santiago or running a marathon. The hospice fundraising team will be there to support you every step of the way. NHS Heart and Stroke will be lighting the town red this February to mark National Heart Month and the charity's annual Red Dress Fun Run. The Red Dress Fun Run, supported by NACE and Musgrave Marketplace is NICHS's 5km run or walk on February 25th at Belfast Stormont Estate. It coincides with the National Heart Month when NICHS is encouraging people to think about their cardiovascular health. 
ABC Borough Council showed its support by lighting several landmark buildings in NICHS's signature red yesterday, which was February the 1st. And Lord Mayor Alderman Margaret Tinsley said, Sadly, four people here die every day from heart disease, and coronary heart disease is the biggest single cause of premature death in the under-75s. It is so important that as a community we raise support and awareness. NICHS's Christine Duncan is urging the public to sign up to the fund run, saying, Today, as many 470,000 people in Northern Ireland are living with a chest, heart or stroke condition, many of these people will live in the Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon area. Please support us by running, walking, dancing, skipping or wheeling 5k with us on Sunday the 25th of February at 11am at Stormont Estate. NIE Networks has opened applications to its award-winning Apprentice Academy for those interested in a career in the energy sector. 22 new apprentices will be recruited across three different skill streams, overhead lines, plant maintenance and metering. The apprentices will obtain a vocational qualification in electrical power engineering and a technical diploma in electrical and electronic engineering. The programme is open to anyone who will be aged 16 or over by September and you must hold or expect to achieve three GCSE passes at grades D to A star, which are grades 3 to 9, or equivalent including mathematics, English language and a STEM-related subject. Successful candidates will earn while they learn avoiding student loans and gaining vital experience as part of their qualification. The salary starts at around £15,979 plus a bonus of up to £1,000 and there are set milestones for progression before it rises to approximately £29,500 or more upon completion. The NIE Networks Apprentice Academy is the only Institute of Engineering and Technology accredited apprenticeship in Northern Ireland. The company has bespoke training facilities in Ballymena, Campsie and Silverwood and apprentices are supported by specialist instructors who mentor them through their qualification. The NIE Networks Apprentice Academy won the Best Apprenticeship Programme in the DFE Apprenticeships Awards 2023 under the Large Employer category, along with their partners in Northern Regional College. NIE Networks was also awarded Best Apprenticeship Scheme at the National CIPD People Management Awards UK. The company also holds a Silver Diversity Charter mark for its commitment to driving a positive gender balance and inclusive workplace. Storm Jocelyn was named for Lurgan-born astrophysicist. Last week's Storm Jocelyn, which hit Northern Ireland in quick succession to Storm Isha, was named after a renowned Lurgan-born astrophysicist, Jocelyn Bell Burnell. Storm Jocelyn was the name chosen by Met Erin the Irish Weather Service, in honour of Professor Bell Burnell, who discovered the first pulsating radio stars, 
or Pulsars in 1967 and has led a distinguished career in research and teaching with an emphasis on empowering women in physicists. The uh, Touched by the plight of a three-year-old girl awaiting surgery for a rare form of epilepsy, Guildford singer James Rogers has organised a charity concert for her. Local entertainers will perform at a fundraising gig in Belmont House Hotel next Friday, February the 9th, to help Killy Lay girl Rachel Gribble, who was diagnosed in October 2022 with focal cortical dysplasia which results in her taking severe seizures which can't be treated with medication. With nothing to say definitely that Rachel's seizures stem only from one place, she is not a candidate for surgery in the UK. But her family has found a specialist in New Jersey who is certain he can give Rachel better seizure control. The trip would cost the family around £1,000, But Dr. Tomas annually visits a hospital in western Ukraine to treat children there. That option would cost Rachel's family about £20,000. A number of people have been receiving letters from the benefits agency saying that their benefits are changing from one type to a second type. Now, if you get one of these letters, please don't ignore it. You need to do something and you may use your benefits. If you're struggling, you can contact Community Advice Gregavon, which offers free, independent and partial advice. They have uh, can arrange face-to-face appointments in Portadown, Armagh, Bambridge, Lurgan, Rathryland, Kiri and Dromore. All you have to do is phone for an appointment and the number is 03301 We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were William and Patricia. Our technician was William. And reading with me this week were Roberta, John and Patricia. From the newsroom at the Old Manse, this is Carol signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to turn your wallet. Sound News is a Craig Craig Avon talking newspaper production.